0: Welcome back to Faith F and we have come into our second hour on this beautiful Wednesday morning. As you heard there on the news, we didn't really cover it uh during the, you know, current news section. Uh, but um yeah, basically, if you live in New South Wales, you can go outside without being <laughs> vaccinated. Or yeah, you can head into different stores, you know, face masks for the most part are, man- are mandatory unless you're on um, public transport so yeah good stuff I, I know uh, some people that I work with who, who aren't vaccinated who are just getting out now they're like oh I'm going to go to the shops today for the first time I'm going to go and uh, buy some some new clothes do some new things so so good for them back into it alright let's read through some text messages this morning starting with oh we've got some, some comments on uh, on some of the stories that you shared Robert Ethiopia helping prostitutes amazing story and amazing grace of God sad thing is that so many prostitutes are forced and sold into it, which is so the truth, you know, uh, the sex industry, um, and there are a lot of people who are trying to, uh, make this point of like, uh, yeah, supporting the sex industry and, and, you know, making the point that, oh, you know, sex workers aren't selling their body, it's their choice, but, um, yes, in, in, in fewer cases there are, but to be honest, like statistically, a lot of the time it is not, like... But particularly, again, it exists in the Western world, but especially in the developing world, dude, sex slavery is massive, and it's a huge problem, and it's a huge violation against the rights of women. And, um, yeah, definitely help is needed in that space. Yeah, well, biblically,
1: ultimately, anyone is, is a slave in that. Mm. It's like all sin. That's right.
0: That's right. All right. Uh, Royal Cats. It's a hard life. Great story. Never heard of this before. Learned something new today, which again, we're going to throw in Lyle's face. We're going to lay, you know, lay it on him. Hey, did you hear about the cats that actually preserve a place of learning about history and secondarily actively work to control pests? Have you heard of those cats? We're going (laughs) to really lay the hard yards on him and see if he, if if Lyle has an answer for that one. Alright, researchers in California, giant jellyfish, jellyfish. Is it dangerous? It like poisonous? Hate to meet it next time I go swimming. Yeah, we haven't I didn't read whether it's poisonous or not, but mm. uh, having tentacles that
1: long they could certainly wrap around you a few times.
0: Oh, dude. Ah, oh, like I uh when I was about 6 years old, we went for a family trip up to Cairns and then like swam swam around in the reef and we had like the big old like stinger suits on. Um and I remember yeah, putting my head underwater and like just seeing the massive fish but then like uh, someone spotted jellyfish so we had to leave the area oh. uh it was like a box jellyfish or something like that because they are insanely poisonous yeah um, they sure are they're a killer they just like well i'm pretty sure it's box jellyfish who basically paralyze you and stop your heart so well you, it,
1: sorry what were you just saying i was just going to say the other day uh out, out in the surf and this seaweed was all wrapped around my hand so i went to throw it away i looked at it and I'm holding a blue bottle. Ooh. I'm like, what on earth is happening here? Tentacles all wrapped around my fingers. Did it get you? And did you know I got no sting from this thing? Are you serious? I started to feel a little sting on the other hand, which didn't touch it. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> is that placebo? What's going on there? But no, nothing. I couldn't believe it. That's insane. I did I... throw it away, but uh, yeah, nothing.
0: Because I grew up in Newcastle next to the beach, you know, and it's like, dude, I've been wrapped up in blue bottles a couple times. And it's the worst, like it's, it's not crazy. Like they, they sting you pretty bad and you got to, you know, run some hot water and some vinegar over it to, to help out the wound. But, Mm. oh, but man, to just be fully wrapped up in a blue bottle and not get stung. I don't get it, but I'm just really grateful. Praising God. Yeah, Praising God. Amen. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, here we go. Um, the outlaws, I referring to our interview, I wonder how many marriages have been ruined by them. Uh, but then there are also good parents who have saved many marriages. If only we, if only, uh, we listened to the word of God, so many marital problems would be, be resolved. But we all know most won't. And isn't that the truth? Um, At the same time, like, yeah, I've heard it said this. um, Marital problems, um, mental problems, physical issues, you know, a lot of them um, can tend to be, at the end of the day, spiritual problems. Um, And what I mean by that is because of a lack of connection to God, and this is what we're going to get into in our Bible study today, actually, um, you know, it can lead us down paths that we ought not go down. And we end up in problems and in, in, in situations that we shouldn't be in, if we had have just come to to God and and let Him work in our lives. And God is grateful and merciful to us that when we make those mistakes, He is always there seeking us.
1: He is. He is. It's a huge thing.
0: Hmm. Also, last text message, she, I was really blessed when my wife and I became SDA Christians. The in-laws never said a word to us. As for my parents, uh, they were happy for us, and they were Catholics. So, this is a very interesting family dynamic and, and situation. Um, but, yeah, great text messages, guys, if you have anything else to say. Also, if you want to send us in a question of the day, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text, and we'll be able to cover all those questions and those different thoughts there. But right now, we're going to get into our Bible study today, our encounter with God for today. Cursed on a Tree uh, is the title, and we're going to be spending some time in Galatians chapter 3, wrapping our heads around a text uh, that seemingly, you know, seems to, I think, fly in the face of a lot of the A lot of things we've been talking about over, you know, this course of the study of Deuteronomy, how we've been really upholding, uplifting the law, saying, you know, this is a good thing, it's a blessing that God has given us. We're going to see what Galatians chapter 3 says and come to some understanding. So let's just, let's start reading in chapter 3. Rob, if you want to pick it up, chapter 3, and and just start reading from from verse 1, and we'll work our way through.
1: O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. Mm. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Mm. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Mm. Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham.
0: Awesome. Awesome. There we go. Okay. Lots to dive into. Very, I would say, a very dense passage and a lot of things to unpack and explain. We're reading here in the book of Galatians chapter three. And Robert, what do you think? You know, just initial impressions. Is this just simply saying, hey, look, you guys are trying to keep the law. You should, you should stop because it's not helping you.
1: I think first, people need. It's really important that we have a foundation. That the Apostle Peter says that in the writings of Paul are things that are hard to be understood. Mm. Paul wrote things in a, a very structured and sort of a high language state, where mm. you know you can't expect to totally wrap your mind around it all, and give yourself time. You know, mm. allow the other scriptures to to bring you into the writings of the Apostle Paul. Mm. So, um, sure, I do see an element of works issues here. I also see an element. More so, even of trusting in the law itself. Mm. Not so much my own keeping of it, but that the law itself can do something, that the works of the law, the actions yes. of the law. Wow. Are more than just what we're going to talk about, i.e., a mirror or a schoolmaster, etc.
0: Yeah, no, that's really powerful. Definitely, I would say Paul, being such a scholarly man, like being you know in the class of the lawyers trained under Gamaliel, one of the most famous lawyers lawyers throughout Israel, if anyone could do scriptural exposition, it was him. In a way that really, uh, uh, not yeah, that could be read and dug into by all classes of men, from the lowly to the most learned. But we're going to be diving in and seeing here, okay, what is Paul really getting at in this passage? Excellent. Can't wait. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. I think the best place to start in trying to understand um, this specific uh, specific passage as we're reading it in Galatians chapter 3 is... Well, the entire book of Galatians itself. Understanding what the context was in writing this book, who was Paul writing to in the Galatians? Now Galatians or the region of Galatia was, you know, this um group of churches around the kind of Galatic Galatian, uh, Galatian uh, Asia Minor area. They're specifically to the Celtic people actually, you know, we know that Celtic the Celts speak spoke Gaelic. Mm-hmm. Um which is more related to oh the Celts, you mean the guys who live over in in uh uh, Scotland or whatever it may be, but they, you know, had great migration through this time uh, in this area at this time. But the big thing with the uh, with the church in Galatia that we need to understand is that this was a church that was full of Christians um, that were also known as Judaizers mm. or people who were previously Jews who had became Christians and then were trying to kind of make a real point out of, you know, how important being a Jew is and trying to re-manifest uh, the kind of classism that was seen throughout, you know, Jerusalem and Judea at the time. Yeah. Uh, we know when it came to, to Jesus and his people, and this was something that we talked about yesterday, that Jews saw Gentiles as common as, you know, yep. we as Jews, we're instruments of God, we're set apart by God, we're hallowed, we're holy. Gentiles hm they're common their practices are common you know and, and it's not even about necessarily um, being unclean even though like you know Gentiles would do things like eat pork and d- touch dead bodies and all these things that Jews wouldn't do um, but then it was like oh the people themselves they're unholy they're common and now as Jews have become Christian and they've kind of dispersed around the world and sp- specifically here in Galatia where there, there's a high number of you know Jewish um, people who have converted from Judaism to Christianity amongst these Galatian, uh, these Gaelic, um, Celtic, you know, Galatian area Christians, um, we have to understand that, yeah, there is definitely a a class system being set up, and that's what yeah. the entirety of Chapter Two is about. You know, about the 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 evil that exists in thinking that there is a difference between, you know, the Jews and the Gentiles when it comes to favor from God and and practice.
1: It's interesting how Paul repeats numerous times right from the beginning all the way through this book he reminds them who is affecting you, who is mm. leading you. Are you following God or are you following men? And he's really speaking to the Galatians here that there are people, you mentioned the Judaizers, and they are really affecting the way you think and what you believe. Mm. Are you listening
0: to them or are you, or are you following what God says? That's right. And that's where he appeals here to the spirit to God himself. Um, and that's where we kind of open up, and it says, Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Mm. Uh, I love that word. It's a classic, bewitched. You know, uh, uh, controlled your mind. Who has set you on a, on a on a bad path, or who has led you astray, um, concerning, like, the truth um, that you should not obey. Um, oh, that, sorry, that you should not obey the truth. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Again, it's about... Obedience.
1: God doesn't have an issue with us
0: obeying Him,
1: doing wow. what He wants. Mm. You know, He said, "Look, you're not obeying Me. If you're trying to keep all these man-made laws and just following people and and trying to keep them happy in the way they're understanding Scriptures and the way they think it should be, you're actually not obeying the truth."
0: Yes. Oh, such a good point. Yeah this isn't this isn't um a, a call against I- a disobedience, but a doubling down. Uh, sorry, a call against obedience but doubling down of a prom- and a promotion of obedience specifically to God. Yeah, because if
1: your obedience is to a person's I- idealism or, you know, people's ideas, then or to your own ideas of how things should be, then it's not
0: obeying the truth. Mm. And where it really gets to the heart of this is then we read verse 2. and 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 from verse 2, you know, through here, Paul just starts asking them some seemingly rhetorical questions, kind of, Identifying what their error is. So let's let's. What does it say here in verse two?
1: He wants to learn from them. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of
0: faith? Mm. That's a, that's a fantastic question, and it's one that's easily answered. That's why he's asking it. Seemingly rhetorically. It's because like, he knows. Because he knows the he's answer. He's the one who spoke it into their ears. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And he's, he's asking them here, Yeah, did you receive the the spirit from the works of the law or by hearing of faith? And what, what, what do you think, Robert? What do you think the answer to this question is? Well, I, I think because he's
1: the one who spoke it to them. It's the gospel they received from him, mm. as he speaks about also in, in detail in Galatians chapter 1. Um, he's saying, look, you heard the powerful truth of Jesus uh, and his crucifixion to to stand in your place, to mm. pay for your sins so that you don't have to pay for them. And you heard the validity of faith. Mm. This is the thing that led you to Christ, to humble yourself before him, to want his salvation. And mm. so if you're listening to these Judaizers who say, here's this big long list of
0: restrictions that you have to follow, you're missing the point. Mm that's right such a good point he's just getting he's getting right to the heart of it here being like no we've received the spirit from god like there's nothing that we can do to live up to the receiving of salvation getting right down to the heart of it and then he comes to verse three and he asks he says again (laughs) are you so foolish but then asks another question here in verse three
1: having begun in the spirit are you now being made perfect by the flesh
0: Oh, oh, that's a good one. I, I want to dwell on this a little bit. I just want to, I just want to talk about this because the the big question here, um, that that comes to my mind in response to this is, can bad or wicked people, or unsaved, or you know, whichever word you want to use to describe a person that isn't a follower of God, can they do good things? Absolutely absolutely right uh, absolutely bad people can do things bad people do things all the time like uh, and probably the best example of that if we get right to the to the heart of the ten commandments and have a look at the ten commandments there are lots of people who are really you know who we could consider awful um, who don't kill people mm. why why would they not kill people because it's disad- you know it's disadvantageous to kill people in a lot of cases You know, uh, especially, you know, living here in Australia, if I was just to like turn around and kill someone I knew, I would just be immediately tracked down and thrown in jail for it. Absolutely. And bad people can do good things in terms of seeking after
1: God, Mm. asking, seeking, and knocking. If a bad person, let's look at it honestly, the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Mm. So if a bad person is seeking, is wanting salvation, uh, if they couldn't do good things, Ask for salvation, seek after Him. You know, mm. respond to His drawing and do what mm. He tells them to do. There'd be no hope for any any of us to become good people mm. because we couldn't receive the salvation from Jesus. So, of course, bad people have to be able to do good things. Mm. I have to be able to to do if, to do that if I'm going to be saved. Uh, to be able to ask, seek, wow, and knock.
0: I love that perspective. It's like you know, if yeah, if we were just in 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 this like era of total depravity like which we are when we are you know not saved when we are in not following god we are we are lost Mm. but if then it's powerful that still even in that space god has given us the choice to choose him um but he's also given us the choice to he's given us the ability to choose so many people are held back because satan makes them feel
1: like they're not good enough Mm. they've gone too far. But the whole point is it doesn't matter how bad you think or feel you are. Mm. Jesus Christ died for the chief of sinners, which is what the Apostle Paul viewed himself Mm. as. So you may view yourself the same way he did. Well, God saved
0: him, so there's hope for us. Ah, oh, powerful stuff! There is hope for us, and as we can see here, that hope comes from the fact that it's Jesus who justifies, it's Jesus who gives the Spirit, it's yes. Jesus who perfects. Here, it's like, hey, we have these works of the law. You know, anyone, call us up zero four nine one zero six four six six nine and p- pick out which of the Ten Commandments is bad for us to keep. I, I dare you. I double dare you to do it because they're all fantastic. And he's saying, but the fact is, is like, (laughs) we are nothing without Christ. We have no ability to follow him. Then we come to verse four, where the Bible says, have you suffered so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain. What do you think this is speaking to the heart of right here?
1: Yeah, I think we're really dealing with that transition from trusting in the spirit and focusing on what our part is in salvation, you know, reaching out after God, and we start doing his part. Mm. And so it all becomes vain when, just like in the book of Ecclesiastes, it's all about the works of men. Mm. They're vain mm. because as, as we have come to him in the Spirit... Now, all of a sudden, we'd be distracted. We're trying to obey him, but we're forgetting the Spirit, and we're doing works in our own strength. Mm. We start to get focused on, oh, how am I doing? What do I do next? You know, where, where do I go from here? Mm. And we're forgetting, oh, hang on, I need to step back and focus on that one thing that I should never forget, the Holy Spirit. Wow.
0: The power that God can give us to actually overcome, mm. uh, because we won't be justified by anything else. Hey, we're going to... Continue this Bible study, which has been incredibly powerful so far. Just explaining and seeing how much God is wanting to work in our hearts. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right, let's get back into our Bible study because we were working our way here through Galatians chapter three. I think the consensus that we've come to, and that Paul is making, is ultimately something that we agree with. Um, as we have, you know, been working through the book of Deuteronomy and as we've been explaining, like, oh, we are to be proponents of the law because the law is so good. It's so amazing. It is mm. so helpful and guiding and incredible. Um, And, you know, we should endeavor to keep the law because it's a good thing to do and it's something that God even theref- even calls us to do. Mm. But we also agree with the fact that the law can't save us. Doing good things will never amount to the wretchedness of our sins, and Jesus died for us. But now we continue with the passage. Uh, We come now to verse 5.
1: Yeah, well, just quickly on that point you made, just the fact that the law can't do other things because it was designed specifically for a purpose. And Mm. in the book of Galatians, we're told that it is a schoolmaster, so it's a teacher, Yes, and it is also a mirror. So at the end of the day... The law reveals who we are. It shows us our need of Christ, and it fulfills its purpose. It's not a bad thing. It's a great thing. Mm. Okay. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Mm. What a
0: text. What a text. All right. Does he who does uh, miracles among you, is it by the Spirit or is it by the law. Can you work your way into being used by God? Well, the incredible thing here
1: is this Holy Spirit, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, he's not only someone who's given to us to change us and to transform us. Mm. He's the one who actually works the miracles among us or in mm. us. And these miracles, it's not just talking about the miracles we see outwardly. Mm. If, if we experience the gift of languages in another country and we can't speak their language, they need to hear the gospel, and God's God gives them the message in their own language, you know, that's exciting, that's powerful, that's an outward miracle. But any work of righteousness is a miracle, mm. and it's the Spirit working that miracle in your life. Wow. So actually, if I'm just working in my own strength, I can look good to others, mm. but I'm not experiencing the miracle working of God. Mm. His miracle of working, his works of righteousness—that's him doing it. So every day for us would then be a miracle. We we would be living and experiencing victories that of ourselves we would know we can't mm. do. That's what every day of a Christian is meant to be, that according is, to this verse.
0: That is such a beautiful point. As we made the uh, as I made the observation before, right? There are many people who you could consider, consider bad who don't kill people, right? Mm. But just because I. Don't sin in one particular instance or area. And then I can make the claim thereof that, oh, look, see, I don't need the Holy Spirit to, to not be a sinner. It's like, oh, well, does that mean you're achieving victory over sin in your life? Do you, are you completely clean? Are you completely good? Are you, are you above sin? And the answer mm. is obviously no. No. Obviously no. Like, well, we are in deep need. For for purity in our life, which one of the functions of the Spirit is that He provides, as we read, you know, in in Hebrews chapter eight, we highlighted, which was a quote from the Book of Deuteronomy that God writes a, He makes a covenant with us to write the laws on our hearts and on our mind. This is a very new an Old Testament idea that is emphasized in the New Testament, and it's like God is wanting to do that work to help us to keep His law. In obedience to the truth that, oh, Jesus has died for us. He's died for our sins. Mm. That is awesome. All right, let's continue on. verse. Let's, let's pick it up in verse 6 because this is where we, we get a look at uh, one, of, one of our patriarchs in the Bible.
1: So, back on that idea that the Spirit works miracles among you. Mm. And is he doing it by the works of the law Is He, or is it by the hearing of faith? Mm. Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness.
0: That's right. So, Abraham, let's use the example of Abraham. Um, Would you say Abraham was a righteous guy? Yes. Uh, (laughs) It's like, yes, asterisk.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because God called him righteous. And yes, because Jesus made him righteous. That's right. But he he lied and he made some big mistakes. He did. 100%.
0: Like, literally. um, He was scared. He was led by fear. Mm. He, he was—he was a person who fell short of the glory of God many times. Someone who was incredibly close to God throughout his life, yet fell short. Because it was in
1: his strongest times too. Mm.
0: When he was physically strongest, mentally
1: the strongest mm. in his younger years. Mm. That's when he failed.
0: Wow. And it shows. And, and then we we come to this beautiful passage that's quoted here um, from the Book of Genesis, where it says, you know that Abraham, he believed God, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. And so Paul is making the point, no law could justify him, no works of the flesh could justify him. Why? Because he often failed. Even though often he obeyed and was faithful, then he often failed. So he couldn't be justified by his works. Like, no one can be justified by works because we all sin. Mm. We all fall short. So what was it that got Abraham over the line? What was it that made him a righteous person in the eyes of God? He believed God. He received the Spirit. He had an experience with Him, um, which gave him fantastic—you know—the fantastic privilege, enabled him to live out the privilege of being the progenitor of you know the people that would bring forth the Messiah.
1: You know, it's interesting with his initial tests in such human strength and young manhood that he Mm. failed, and then when he came to the test of his old age, Mm. weak and infirmed, and stricken with years, and yet that's where he believed in God. Mm. That's where he revealed God's power. And just like the Apostle Paul says, God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. Wow. Therefore, I will glory in my infirmities. So we rejoice
0: at our weakest points that God's strength is revealed more. Mm. Powerful stuff. And it continues on talking about Abraham. Let's let's read 7, 8, and and 9. Therefore, know that only those
1: who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham.
0: Wow. Those who are of faith are blessed in believing Abraham, in becoming A son of Abraham, in you know, partaking in the promise that was given to him that through all, through you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. And that's the experience that we've had. We get to know Christ, Mm -hmm. but we get to let Christ change our lives. Mm -hmm. And that, and that is really what this is, is getting to. It's by no earthly, fleshy works that we come to, to know Christ because he's the one reaching out to us, he's the one knocking on the door of our hearts. Amen. Not because you were born a Christian, not because you were brought up good. Mm. But then through him, he can work in our hearts. He can lead us into having the righteous experience of Abraham where we are justified by faith. Well, we are living close to God, which would also include, you know, having an awesome experience with him, keeping his holy law and being a blessing to others. You're listening to The Breakfast Joe Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Well, essentially, we can just get right into. Question of the day!
1: Alright, what's our question of the day? Ooh, I reckon someone's trying to challenge you here, mate. I hope you've ah, got a stick and cap on. I hope you've been doing your study and praying. <laughs> While in the desert, Jesus rejected the temptations of the devil. Okay. He didn't censor or kill the devil.
0: Mm.
1: So, why are Christians so in favour of censoring? Many
0: earthly temptations from AJ. Oh, wow. Thank you, AJ. Okay. I I think what this question is really getting at here is, okay, so, so Jesus faced these temptations head on. He, he let himself end up in a situation where, and we're going to read about it in a little bit, um, where he, you know, the devil is literally in front of his face, you know, trying to tempt him. Um, and therefore, you know, and he overcomes. So I think AJ, what AJ is trying to get at is, oh, is it necessary to, to put ourselves in situations where we, you know, actively are trying not to be tempted or, you know, like where does the line stand there? And I'm just going to read the Bible and just give you some principles and you can Mm. come to understand. So let's start um, by going to the temptations themselves that we find Jesus being tempted with in the wilderness. Um, The big question to, 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 to kind of get to right off the bat is, was Jesus tempted before this point? Like, because mm. there's three specific temptations that he receives here um, that we'll actually see are not very specific to humanity. Um, they're not temptations that I would receive because I don't have the ability to be even tempted in these areas. Mm. Um, but Jesus grew up as a human. This is this is a big point. Jesus is God. Jesus is also he's like 100% God and 100% human a human being. Uh, therefore, Jesus has the yes, he does have the ability. To be tempted and you know there's a big argument um over you know what was the nature of christ was it the same nature as adam before he sinned or was it the same nature as adam after he sinned but ultimately adam before he sinned and adam after him sin- after he sinned could be tempted yep. so jesus it wasn't impossible for jesus to be tempted he could be tempted um and in fact the bible says that jesus it can it can sympathize with all of our weaknesses because he was tempted in all points yet without sin um, so yes Jesus was tempted but here we see what Jesus's temptations are if we, we first see the devil come to him and says if you if you are the son of God command these stones to become bread that's the first temptation that Jesus stands up to mm-hmm. the second one uh Satan comes with is he shall uh you know he says oh well throw yourself off this building off this cliff, um, because his angels shall give, you know, he shall give you charge over his angels and, uh, in their hands, you shall, he shall bear you up, lest you, you should dash your foot against the stone. It's kind of misquoting scripture to make this point of like, oh, no harm can come to you, Jesus. You should just, you should just, you know. Do this thing that I've told you to do. Um, And again, Jesus stands up to this and says, you know, you shall not tempt the Lord your God, which is a very powerful passage. You shouldn't tempt the Lord your God. The Lord your God is standing right in front of you. Satan, who do you think you are? Don't tempt me. Um, But then finally, Satan comes. He brings uh, Jesus up to a high mountain. He shows him all the kingdoms of the earth. And he says, I'll give you rulership over all of them if you bow down and worship me. Um, And Jesus ultimately resists. Now, the biggest thing to understand with Jesus' temptations is that they are temptations that you, Robert, nor I, nor AJ, nor anyone will ever have to deal with. um, Because we cannot literally turn bread, uh, stones into bread. Um, We couldn't rule the entire. Like, there's a lot of things here that we don't have the ability to do. So, therefore, we wouldn't be tempted with And Jesus, you know, being the perfect Son of God, being so connected to God, is in this position and gets tempted by the devil and overcomes. And it's like powerful. Praise the Lord. He's an example to us. But then in our personal lives, should we then run and flee from temptation? Well, the Bible and Jesus himself tells us to. Specifically in the Lord's Prayer, where the Bible says, Our Father in art in heaven hallowed by, be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and lead us not into temptation. Mm. Jesus knows. Have it. Unlike, unlike Jesus, we are broken, sinful human beings. Jesus lived the perfect life for us so that we could claim it and be saved, as we've been talking about in our Bible studies. But we are broken, we are sinful, and we are we will sin when confronted with temptation unless we're confronted to Christ can we can we be in the in the presence of temptation and and overcome yes but does that mean we should actively put ourselves in the place of temptation no because the big question that i want to ask to all our listeners um if there is a temptation you know before you you know right now if you you can see a temptation like if you if there is a temptation the big question is is this temptation leading me to sin that's the big question right here. Is this temptation that's before my eyes, is it leading me to sin? If the answer is yes, then it probably needs censoring. You probably need to remove that temptation from your life. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Welcome back to Faith FM. Hey, we've come to the end of the show. We have. It's been fun, buddy. Let's do it. Let's do, let's uh, check off a couple of things here. Let's read the... Answers to the quiz questions that I believe we have there. We'll go through each one. All right. So the first one for 100 points was pigs. Mm-hmm.
1: 200 points, the green stone was emerald. Mm-hmm. For 300 points, David's son Absalom was the mm-hmm. one who cut his hair when it got too long. For 400 points, Achan is the man who buried the stuff that he stole. Uh, Mm -hmm. He stole it anyway. Uh, 500 (laughs) points. The Philistine idol that fell over was Dagon.
0: Yes, the fish god. But right now we have come to the end of the show and we always give away something for free. So what is our giveaway today? Well, our giveaway is a very interesting surprise. You
1: (laughs) call or text 049106469. Be the first one to call in and you'll get it. And if you're like me, what I would do is I'd just call in straight away and do it because I'm like, I don't care what it is, man, I want the free gift. I'm I'm so curious. So anyway, if you're not that curious and you're waiting and everybody else is waiting too, the actual gift is really nice. It's called reckless love. And it's basically an overview of what Seventh-day Adventists believe, but it's given in a really cool way. Bruce Manners uses stories and very practical ways to demonstrate the beautiful truths of the Bible so there's your free book, 491
0: 64 Awesome stuff. Also, I uh, just want to remind you guys that you can give us a call uh, or a text on 491 There are tens of Bible study courses that we can get you hooked up with. So if you want to learn more about the Bible, we will be able to do that for you. But right now, guys, remember as you go through your day to talk faith, live faith, and act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. Amen be with you till we meet again. God be with you till we meet again. By His counsels God uphold you, with His sheep securely fold you.